Hello and welcome to Funny Ideas on Channel Radio 2, where learning and development meet humour. I'm Julie Flower and for the next hour I'm going to be talking about confident communication with my very special guest Susie Fish, so stay tuned. So hello and welcome to Funny Ideas. I'm Julie Flower, this is Channel Radio 2 and as I say for the next hour we are going to be talking about confident communication. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's it's an absolute pleasure. Sorry, my headphones were falling down there. <laughs> Technical things. Um, really great to have you here, Susie. I will explain a little bit more uh, about who you are and, and what you do, and, and we look forward to hearing more more about you. So, um, so yes, Susie is here with us. She's an independent brand ambassador and mentor, and also has been involved for more than 11 years in Toastmasters International, which we'll hear more about later on. So, Susie, welcome indeed. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. It would be great if you could explain in your own words, because you'll explain it better than I will, um, a little <laughs> bit more about what you do. Sure. Well, as you say, I'm an independent brand ambassador and mentor for what I believe is the most ethical, effective and honestly priced skincare range out there. So I help people have great skin and also to set up their own successful businesses. How interesting. And what's that company called? It's Well, the range is Tropic Skincare mm-hmm. and my business is Empowering Natural Beauty. Wonderful. And have you been working in that field for a long time? I've been in it for about three and a half years now. Lovely. How did you get into it? Wow, I wasn't into skincare or makeup or selling or anything yeah. like that. Uh, my background's actually executive admin and then I became an employability trainer. But I was made redundant, which I was actually really happy about mm-hmm. because it was a clash of values. And I was looking for something else to do, didn't know what, what, because I didn't want to carry on doing that, didn't want to go back to admin. And then someone, my friend, told me about Tropic. And I thought, I don't want to do that. I don't, you know, I'm not into skincare makeup, and, but it might give me an idea of what I do want to do. So I went along, met the founder, Susie Mart, fell in love with her, fell in love with the products and fell in love with the ethos and realised that actually it ticked every single one of my values and everything that I've been asking for was being handed to me on a plate. And what did I have to lose? That's really interesting. And I'm sure we can kind of go back to, to some of that later to hear a little bit more about Tropic, because I think, I think the company has quite an interesting story from it what does. I understand, um, including having the support of Sir Alan Sugar. Am it I right? does, yes. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord Sugar. Lord, Lord Alan sorry, Sugar. Yes. yes. 50% partner in the business. How interesting. So it'd be great to talk more about that. And also what you just said resonated with me around, oh, you know, um, I wasn't really interested in selling, didn't think this would meet my values, because um, I'm recently, I've recently got involved in... Um, a new business which is something quite different to my background and similarly I've been going through similar sorts of feelings so you might be able to help yeah. me kind of work my way through Happy there. Happy to. Might be a bit of on-air coaching here <laughs> from Susie. I hope she's not going to charge me by the hour. We'll but, see. Uh, <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. We've chosen the subject today of confident communication which obviously brings together kind of two themes if you like the sense of confidence self-confidence confidence in personal life confidence in in business and also communication which we know is a is a core skill in in everything that we do why did this theme sort of resonate for you to to look at today So confidence and communication 
they're definitely linked it affects you in all parts of your life whether as you say whether you're at work um, whether you want to be promoted you need to be able to articulate yourself you need to be able to put yourself across in a way that people listen to you but also in your your own life with relationships and things it's communication is the key to all relationships i believe and it's about having that confidence that you can do it in a way that it's respectful and it's accepted and as i say you're listened to and in terms of your own journey if you like to where you are today do you want to tell us a little bit more about that sure I was actually brought up in a a family where I wasn't listened to. I was the only daughter and three older brothers and was, should be, as a woman, should have been seen, not heard, in the kitchen, all of that. So I didn't feel I had value or anything to to say because I was never listened to. And this actually affected my self-worth, my self-esteem, my confidence throughout the whole of my life. And I struggled to speak up. And there were actually two situations in my life that really highlighted to me where I didn't have a voice. And in my last year of university, I was one of the few given an opportunity to present my business idea in front of the whole of the year, Mm -hmm. 100 people, 100 students and six business people. And I couldn't do it. There was no way I was going to embarrass myself. I'd be asked a question, wouldn't be able to answer Mm -hmm. it. And I would, I just bottled it, I bailed out. And so I felt I failed. Then to add insult to injury, everyone that spoke, all six of them, actually got £100, which was a lot of money oh. in those days as a student. Yes. And so there was a material kind of hmm. um, impact as well. Yes. Um, and then another um, situation, I was on a group interview and assessment day and we had an exercise where we had to debate a subject in a group. And I knew I had to join in, mm. uh, but I didn't have anything to say on this topic. I didn't even know really what they were talking about. But I knew that if I needed, wanted to get the job, I had to speak up. And I knew this trick is to summarise what had been said before. So I opened my mouth and I started to say, so what I'm hearing is, and my mind just went blank. Yeah. Embarrassing silence. I went bright red. My palms started to sweat. I willed the floor to open up. And everyone just looked at me and then looked away and carried on. Mm-hmm. Needed to say, I didn't get the job. Sure. <laughs> and, and then I, where I worked, there was a Toastmasters corporate club and it happened every Wednesday lunchtime. I was drawn to it, but it took me a whole year of walking past before I even had the confidence to open that door and walk in. And once I did, wow, it was just such a supportive, friendly environment. I felt at home. I mean, I was rubbish at speaking. My mentor used to say I was like a rabbit frozen in the headlights. Uh, but, and my mind just went blank. I froze. I ran off stage. It was horrific. But I kept going. And little by little, just through that practice, I began to get better and better. And it actually led me to becoming an employability trainer, which was interesting my first day with no training experience whatsoever. I had to deliver an eight-week program to lone parents, building their confidence and helping them back into work. So in at the deep end, but because the Toastmasters had confidence done in front of the room, mm-hmm. and I certainly would not be running my own business now and wouldn't be supporting others to set up in business if it wasn't for Toastmasters. So that's had a huge impact on me. And it's really interesting the way that you've described that kind of story it's almost that if you hadn't been through those two experiences which at the time and many others (laughs) sure and at the time actually felt really unpleasant and you know even just watching you recount those clearly the emotion sticks with you doesn't it how it felt um and i'm sure everybody listening has had similar experiences in 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 different ways 
just almost if you hadn't been through those and then plucked up the courage to actually walk through that door, as you say, of Toastmasters, then you wouldn't be where you are now. Absolutely. Um, and sometimes I do think it's easy to see supposedly confident people and assume that it's all been easy and a walk in the park and they were kind of born like that. Mm. You know, it is a trait. Whereas actually, no. You have um, to go through the pain. Yeah to kind of come through the other side yeah I as think long as you're open to actually learning and developing though and, and taking the, the lesson or whatever it may be yeah absolutely yeah and I think and I think to be genuinely confident you're right you do have to have felt what it feels like to feel out of your depth or as mm -hmm. if you can't speak or or forget your words or whatever and sometimes those people who uh, for whom it appears very very easy um, either have been through that journey or actually perhaps might be going into the other sort of I'm just spouting hot air and almost an arrogant <laughs> kind of you know what I mean it's sort yeah. of it's a very interesting and fine line I think sometimes um it's about a whole load of feelings and, and behaviors that's that's really interesting so maybe picking up with the whole Toastmasters angle because many people may not be fully aware what Toastmasters International is about would you be able to tell us a little bit more sure we do actually have a little bit of an image problem in the UK because a lot of people when they think of a Toastmaster they think of a master of ceremonies wearing the red coat at a wedding but that's a different organization we are a worldwide non-profit educational organization that empowers individuals to become more effective communicators and leaders we actually have over 352,000 members in 16,400 clubs and 141 countries so a huge organization and we just help people from all sorts of diverse backgrounds become more competent speakers communicators leaders and bringing it local, uh, there's a few clubs in Kent, and um, we've got ones at Canterbury, Maidstone, Tunbridge Wells, Sandwich, and Tenterton. Fantastic. And do you find that, um, I mean, you describe kind of a journey, if you like, through, through Tastemasters. Is it quite a structured approach? It is, yes. They're very structured meetings. They're generally the same wherever you go in, um, in the world. And I find that structured environment actually really beneficial mm. because it's such a supportive encouraging environment you have prepared speeches you have impromptu speeches you have evaluations you have someone called an r counter that's counting your ohms and r's and oh my goodness <laughs> no one's doing that to me on this program <laughs> well i used to do a lot more ohms and r's than i do now right. so it, so that awareness really yes. does help but yeah it's, it's very structured and it's it's almost in a way exposure therapy mm. to a point um, you're putting yourself in a safe situation yes. where you get more used to doing it um, so you learn where you can improve through that constructive evaluations and you get to understand over time actually it's not as scary as you think so you practice you do in a safe environment and is it very much aimed towards public speaking or also i suppose interpersonal communication absolutely yes you don't need to um, want to speak in public yeah. to be able to come along to Toastmasters. So it's people that just want to be able to speak up at work or just be able to articulate themselves, even in a home situation. Mm. Absolutely. It's for anyone who just want, um, or maybe they want to, to become a leader, um, but it's just, it's communication and leadership skills is definitely the, the different elements to it. Fabulous. And what would you say, not wanting to put you on the spot, but what would you say are some of the most helpful things that you've experienced in that en environment? I would say that the feedback. Yes. The feedback is incredible. Um, also mentoring. Mm -hmm. So um, I have a Toastmaster mentor. It's and, and I advise anyone, you don't have to have a Toastmaster mentor, but to actually find a, a mentor, mm. someone who's a friendly voice you can trust to give you that open, honest feedback. So I would say, yeah, the feedback and, and mentoring is, is quite key. And 
as you said, that could apply in any area of our work and life. Yes. And I do, uh, that really resonates with me, that notion of genuinely being able to get honest, open feedback, someone who is prepared to not just give you some platitudes, mm-hmm. um, but also gives that developmental and support feedback. So it's not just, oh, here's the 10 negative things that I yeah, saw about absolutely. what you were doing. Um, it's that there is an art to feedback. There definitely is. And I used to be, because this is what I learned, um, to be very critical. Sure. All I could focus on what they did wrong. Mm. But through Toastmasters, I've learned to become a better leader because I know how to give the sandwich feedback. So you you give something that they did well, something they could improve on and and how specifically they improve on it. That's the key. Um, And then you, you sandwich it at the end with something positive. So they go away thinking I can learn from that, but I feel good about it too. Yeah, definitely. And I think it is so important to give suggestions particularly in a mentoring environment for ways that people might want to approach things Um, I do work on creative problem solving and again there are similar frameworks for how you can give and receive feedback but but do it in a constructive way that actually helps so that's that's great and obviously you yourself have gone into a mentoring role as well so how do you help to build the confidence of of business owners So these are people that are in my team. Mm -hmm. Um, These are people that are wanting to either boost their income or set up their own business. And so some of these people, they're already working elsewhere. So it's about juggling their time. Yes. Or they have no experience of selling or working for themselves. So they're starting completely from scratch. Mm. And it's just about supporting them, encouraging them. You know, I don't have all the answers. That's not what a mentor's for. But it's about encouraging them supporting them giving them the confidence to believe in themselves because you believe in them and also highlighting who can they go and talk to where Mm. can they find out the information so they become empowered rather than reliant to be able to yes and yes you don't want to create that sense of uh, being an ongoing prop or crutch to somebody necessarily exactly yeah that's fantastic and in terms of the way in which you see people's confidence change over a period of time, what's the most satisfying kind of thing that you see? Well, it's amazing in Toastmasters because you see people come along for the first time and they, they're petrified even standing up and saying their name. It just floors them. And then over time, you know, they realise that they can actually get something from Toastmasters so they keep coming back and you just see them develop and blossom into this confident mm. person that's able to tell their story. And, and I think that's actually quite interesting. A lot of us just, we don't value what we've got to say. And we think, mm. oh, you know, who wants to listen to me? I've got nothing to say. And um, But actually, they've got amazing stories. And you hear it in, in the icebreaker, you hear about them. And, and, mm. and it's just... Yeah, building their confidence again and getting them to to practice and believe in themselves. Yes, and it's not necessarily about having the fewest ums necessarily, is it? I appreciate if you're peppered with lots of them, it can become very distracting. But actually, there's something about being authentic. And if people are talking, speaking from a place of love or interest or passion, then that comes across. Absolutely, yeah. In, that, yeah, yeah. in their stories, in how they make you feel as somebody on the receiving end of, of this information. And certainly my perception is that sometimes people think that confidence is about you know standing up there, making no mistakes, being terribly, terribly self-assured, whereas actually that, that can also put people off. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting in our, um, we do pampers and things in my, mm. um, my, with Tropic. And if we come across as really polished, other mm. people think, well, I could never do that. Yes. Which is really interesting. But you, yeah, authentic is such a key word. And, and, and I think our passion helps us to be authentic. Mm. 
but also it's actually about sharing our vulnerability and that's yes. so hard putting ourselves across yeah because for many people they feel oh am i exposing a weakness here yes are and people, I, yeah, yeah. going to see through that and pick at it mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i know i've been there myself sure. i know that i've um you know i'm still learning to overcome vulnerability and mm. and share myself because i've always felt i've had to have this persona and and get mm. things absolutely right and um but actually just being authentic connecting with people mm. that's much more important i think you're absolutely right and that it's almost that that humanity isn't it mm. on a human level can i engage with that person do they appear to be someone who i would actually like to sit and have a coffee with yes sometimes it's as simple as as that really interesting stuff it makes me think about an article that i was looking at recently and obviously here on funny ideas we uh, like to have a look at uh, an article to kind of ground uh, some of the theory if you like we like to be practical but also have a look at some of the theory and i was having a look yesterday at an article in the Harvard Business Review. It's actually a few years old now. It's from 2014 and it's called Eight Barriers to Confidence and it's by a professor at Harvard Business School called Rosabeth Moss Cantor and I... I, I liked what she said. I mean, in a way, I suppose nothing is new in the sense that, that these issues have been written about a number of times. But I thought her eight barriers were quite interesting ones just to have a quick talk about, because certainly a number of them really resonated with me. And I liked the sense that she praised everything with um, uh, confidence is expectation of a positive outcome. So it's something that's going to help to inspire you, motivate you, make you want to put effort in. It isn't necessarily a sort of set of specific behaviours or a specific charisma or whatever. Um, so uh, I thought I might just go through her eight barriers, if you like, and, and there might be certain ones we want to pick out. So the first one she talked about was self-defeating assumptions. So actually those kind of self-limiting beliefs that I know I've certainly had within my career and still do that make us believe we shouldn't be here or we're not good enough or we can't succeed in this particular field. So if it's your um, colleague starting a new business, for instance, and that somehow even if we don't mean it to it, it makes us kind of behave like a loser. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to succeed because we don't believe that, that we should be here. Um, that sort of self-limiting assumption. The next one she talks about is the fact that we sometimes put these huge audacious goals, but actually that's quite hard to visualize. And particularly if you're leading a team, sometimes it's better to say, okay, we might have this long-term goal, but we need a few smaller steps to get there. What are the things we can achieve by maybe three months time or six months time? Um, declaring victory too soon <laughs> maybe that's bigger in sport than it is in um, some aspects of our businesses I'm not sure she also talks about the kind of do-it-yourself almost that we can become a bit self-obsessed with respect to confidence and think that it is all about us whereas actually building up the confidence and motivation of our team whatever that looks like or others around us can be more inspirational and actually can help us to be a confident leader by having people around us she talks about the risk of blaming others. Uh, sometimes, particularly if, if you see someone who appears very confident, whatever that means in terms of behaviour, often they think that it's a kind of zero-sum game. And so they, they blame others if they're not doing well, whereas actually we, we should take responsibility for what we do. Allied to that is perhaps defensiveness. Um, and then other risks 
uh, or barriers with respect to confidence are not anticipating setbacks. So I would say that that's more of a, a risk with respect to overall success if you don't at least anticipate some of the downsides and you just blindly assume everything's going to be great. Um, and then finally, she links in with that around the, the sense of overconfidence, hubris, arrogance, complacency. And I think we've seen some really high profile examples of that perhaps <laughs> with um, respect to certain organisations before the financial crisis, perhaps with certain political leaders. Obviously, we're not political here on this show. Um, so I think she's kind of got the whole gambit there, perhaps, of um, behaviours and attitudes. But but I'd just be interested whether there's anything in that article that kind of really speaks to you, Susie. Well, it's really interesting because confidence it's not an end destination, it's an ongoing journey. So we learn these strategies and we overcome them, but when we're feeling particularly vulnerable, they can come back again. Mm. And actually, be honest with you, that happened to me this morning. Sure. Because I woke up and I hadn't prepared as much for today, if anything, um, and and I started to freak out. When I started to listen to a couple of the previous podcasts you've done, and, and I thought, but they're all experts, and I'm not an expert, and oh my goodness, why on earth am I going on this show? What have I got to, to do? And, and I just, my mind mine went blank and and I thought this is ridiculous and I thought no you need to we've got this phrase in, in Toastmasters you say yes to stage time it's like you do it and so I, I called a couple or contacted a couple of good friends and mentors and I asked for their help and they gave me some really good advice in terms of either some tips strategies or um, just kind of talked me through some you know things that I do know just reminded me and it brought me back into my body and and I'm on here now speaking with you. And if it wasn't for reaching out for that help, I, I might not be here. Who knows? Um, so I think that's really important. And that kind of ties into the self-defeating assumptions as well, because we all grown up with childhood messages, aren't we? I'm not good enough. I'm not intelligent enough. They'll laugh at me. I don't know anything. And, and this links to our amygdala, which is our fight, flight or freeze response. Mm. And, and we're highly attuned to anything scary. And, and we just hold ourselves back, don't we? But it's, it's about taking that breath and just knowing that, you know, that fear will never go away. We'll always have that fear. But it's overcoming it and it's it's building strategies to to reduce it and get your butterflies flying on formation. But actually having that fear is so important because it helps you to perform better. Actors say that they won't, um, if they stop having that fear before they go on stage, they stop acting. Yes, uh, and I can concur with that because I do quite a bit of stage work and you do need a bit of that it gives you the adrenaline yes. rush you don't and it, it is a fine line it is that kind of uh, fight or flight isn't it you don't want to feel that you have nothing to say or, or you have no idea what's going on but equally if you don't have just a little bit of that something that that gives you the edge gives you gives you something you can give a fairly flat performance you know you might be there yeah. but you're kind of there in body and not in spirit absolutely uh, and it's and it's recognizing that there actually really is no such thing as nerves it's, it is just a form of adrenaline as you mentioned you know it's the same feeling you get on top of a roller coaster before it mm. starts to go down is standing in front of a lion or a room full of people it's exactly the same fear so it's just recognizing that you know we love some of us love being on a roller coaster yeah. so no, t tap into that and help you become a better speaker or, or communicator or whatever it is and I, 
yeah no and I love the sense of the roller coaster analogy because actually you have to have that bit of fear before you have the real enjoyment you think yes I know this is going to be all right at the end but I might not always enjoy it all the way along (laughs) yeah and that's that's life isn't it those ups and downs and just going with it yeah completely um well I'm very pleased that you're here and I'm really pleased also as you say that you kind of sought support from from mentors I know that uh being an independent person myself it's so important to try and find those sorts of people who as we said can give that feedback and can give support because maybe if you're in more of a corporate um, or you know organizational professional environment kind of those things are often built in you might have a mentor within your organization or maybe you have an external coach or something whereas actually when you're by yourself you have to seek those relationships out a little bit more so it's 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 really important to nurture them so it's great that that you've got those um and and i love the phrase yes to stage time that's fantastic (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of uh the mantra of uh I'm erring now. I hope you're not counting. I hope Susan's not got a list. I saw her move her pen. I'm worried she's got the errs going. But uh, Sarah Davies, who's my improv, um, twin prof partner, she, who's, who's often on this show, uh, we always sort of say yes to stage time. And occasionally we found ourselves sort of signing up for something, thinking, gosh, how did we get here? And people have said, oh, how come you guys are performing here? And we're like, well, we asked, and you know, someone suggested it, and we just said yes. And it's kind of if you worry too much about whether you're meant to be there, then you'll never get there. Exactly. And and at this point, I would like to just do a shout out for those that I did contact this morning. You know who you are, and thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you. And um, great, great to have your support, really. So actually, as we're kind of reaching the halfway point in the show, it would be great if we just publicised maybe your Twitter handle and any social media that you want to highlight. Okay, thank you. So I'm going to do personal and also Toastmasters. Great. Um, so my personal Twitter handle is at Tropic Su- uh, Susie Fish. So that's S U Z I and F I S H. So Tropic Susie Fish. And my website is empoweringnaturalbeauty.com. And then if you want to explore more about what Toastmasters is all about, then go to toastmasters.org. Lovely. So lots there. And we'll make sure that we put it on the Twitter as well for this programme. So I hope that you follow Funny Ideas. And that's at Funny Ideas Pod. So at Funny Ideas Pod on Twitter to keep up with all the latest. And this is obviously live on Channel Radio 2 and released as a podcast. So we'll make sure that you've got all the information about Susie's business and interests because there there are many. Great. So having a think about kind of stepping back, if you like, from the the notion of confidence and, and communication, I know that you within your work do quite a little bit of work around networking and I saw an article that you'd written about networking and some of the do's and don'ts if you like some of the learning from mistakes I wondered if there was anything from that that you wanted to share with us because I found it a really helpful article with lots of practical advice and clearly it's kind of drawn from maybe some of the the mistakes or um, challenges mm. that you've experienced along the yeah. way. Well, I think I've probably ex- made every mistake in the book. I have to Good say. for you. If I could give you a high five from there, then I would. And, and that is how you learn. Um, sometimes you need to make the mistake a few times before you learn as well. Um, so, yeah, so I was very fortunate to have quite a few articles published now around how not to network. And I, th- I think... In terms of um, what's what's kind of like one that I can... 
I think it's about being, we'll come back to the authentic side of things. It's about being you and not putting on a persona and pretending to be someone else. And, and, but it's being authentic, but also having confidence in you. Because I see some people come to networking and they do their one minute pitch and it's like, oh, I've never done this before. And oh, and they're apologetic. Yes. And then you feel a little bit sorry for them and, and you don't want that. That's not, you know, in a professional environment. So you, it's about being that happy medium not and not being boastful or egotistical it's just coming in naturally just sharing what it is that you do but actually the key thing at the end of the day with networking above going beyond the the, the one minute pitch is actually connecting with who else is there and getting mm. to know them outside of that group as well um, but, but really connecting and, and exploring how can you help them not how they can help you but how can you help them yes so Again, and that relates a little bit to the uh, Harvard Business Review article, that sense of building other people up before yes. you're thinking about yourself yeah. and, and your needs. I really like that. How can you help others? And I, I think you're very well connected in this region. Obviously, you're, you're from Kent. You've um, nearly said been around the block a bit, but that doesn't sound very good. But, you know, <laughs> I have also been around the block. And but I've you, moved around a lot too. Sure, sure. <laughs> but even even just walking through the building today, you you know, knew somebody in the building, which is, is great. If you were, I mean, I recently moved to Canterbury. I say recently, two years ago, but I've only kind of been actively here for about a year. If there, if there were advice that you were giving to me, for instance, as somebody who wants to make more connections, not just to drum up new business, but actually just to make interesting connections, because I'm, I'm curious to connect with people who are active in the, the business community in Kent. What are some of the bits of advice that you would give me? Okay, so this isn't necessarily just, just business community, but it can be. I think there's a, when you're new to an area, a really good app is Meetup. Yes. There's so much on there about mm. what's going on. And, and it's, you know, I know with Toastmasters, it, our clubs, it's working out really well now. It's, it's the main way that we attract people to our clubs. So I think if you're looking how can I mix with people mm. and, there, and there's all sorts of groups it could be a walking group but it could be a professional business group on yes. there as well so it's all sorts and I think that's a really good way but, um, and I think when you when you start going out to these groups don't just go to one and then unless it's really not for you mm. but but you do need to keep going yes so you need to build up that consistency and that's almost sometimes because I think meetup is great and actually I have been along both here and in other places, some really interesting meetups. I think my slight challenge is that it can almost look overwhelming because there's so much to choose from. It's especially like, in Canterbury. Exactly, it's like <laughs> being in a sweet shop, and you think, "Oh goodness me!" You sure. know, I, I could do anything. I could do sort of Thursday night netball and Monday dog fancying and or whatever it is. It's kind of it almost <laughs> Speak for yourself. It's <laughs> very nice dogs, but um, it's kind of just thinking uh, a bit like I find the sense of the internet enormous it's kind of how do you how do you draw it down so that you can kind of focus I find focus a bit of a challenge okay so that's that's an interesting one I think it's it's talking to people that you know like and trust already mm. and finding out what do they do so getting the recommendations of people that that are like you or who you want to be like yes and and you know asking if you can be invited to to what groups they go mm. to so I think it's 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 great. It's a curse and a blessing, isn't it? Having a wealth of, of things out there that we can do, but it's where do you focus your time? So you need to be knowing what is it that you do? What what is it that you're offering? Where are your cust who are your customers? Mm. Have your customer profile? Where are they hanging out? Who's 
what's an organization that's either going to help you in your business or where you're going to be meeting these customers mm. and i think so it's, it's kind of comes down to being really clear about what your business is and what you're offering and who are you seeking and yeah great advice for anyone really whether it's actually whether it's about business or even about pleasure just True. really yeah. trying to to narrow things down and then using something like meetup that's great I'd be really interested to learn a bit more about the Tropic side. We mentioned it at, at the top. Obviously, it's a key part of, of the work that you do. Tell us a little bit more about the, the whole business itself and, and the products that are, that are made. So I am so passionate about Tropic. Um, and the reason for that is because we're changing lives. We're helping people to have more confidence in their skin because often people with eczema, psoriasis, rosacea, um, skin conditions, acne, and all of this can really affect how we feel about ourselves, how we relate to other people. So it's interesting there's the, you know, that confidence side yes, in that, absolutely. what I do as well. Um, and, and often they've tried everything and it's not worked. And, and, and the biggest thing I think barrier to overcome can be, it's like, well, I've tried everything. Why is this anything different? And mm. actually, there's so many things that are different out our, about us. Like I say, I believe that we're the most ethical company and, and brand and products out there and most effective and, and honestly priced as well. And, and the number of testimonials and feedback and the awards, we've won over 100 awards now, including Best Vegan Skincare Range. I'm really excited about that. Great. Um, we're also the fastest growing beauty brand that's the Sunday Times Virgin in the last two years. And, you know, you know all these multi-awards, all these... Um, testimonials we must be doing something right mm. do you i mean i'm assuming it's a bit of you're doing something right and there's a change perhaps in demand what do you notice about changes perhaps in consumer behavior it's yeah that's really interesting it it, it is changing and it's not changing mm. in terms of people <sighs> So I think we're, we are leading the green beauty revolution. So we're coming in and, and we're helping consumers make informed choices. And I think that people are starting to go down that way. But a lot of people actually don't care what's in their products. They don't care what they put on their skin. Mm. And when you consider 80, 90% of skincare brands have known toxins and carcinogens and, mm. and it's up to 70% of what you put on your skin ends up in your bloodstream, gets past the umbilical cord, gets washed down the plug hole into the oceans. Mm. And it has a huge impact on the environment, on our health and the you know, NHS system and, and, and all of that. But, you know, more, they say eczema's trebled in the last 20 years. And a lot of that, not the only reason, obviously, but a lot of that is to do with all these toxic chemicals that we keep putting on our mm. skin. You know, I think they say the average woman puts on 550 chemicals before she leaves the house. Oh, goodness me. I know. And, and I'm all about, look at your ingredients know what you're putting on your skin if you don't understand the ingredients that's a big clue mm. there's a couple of really good apps out there independent apps mm. think dirty shop clean is one right and um, yes i'll add in the shop clean quick <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't, don't search for the first bit <laughs> um, yeah all sorts of things might come. Um, um but also um, a more scientific one but not so user friendly as it were is environmental working group or ewg skin deep right it's actually called healthy living but if you look for ewg skin deep it will come up and both of them will tell you if there's carcinogens allergens in your products mm. and your brands and so that's helping you to make an informed choice um, and i'll give you a good example of where consumers have changed mm. the the, uh, the market out there because power and free right that was yes. consumer driven through yes. social media but it's only half the story because you actually need to ask okay if it's power and free what is the preservative you're using sure because they've often replaced it with something 
you know equally or if not worse nasty for you um because it's all about what's the cheapest ingredient they can mm. use unfortunately what's what's our shareholder profits whereas that's not what we're about at all no so so um yeah and, and i could speak all day on tropic as many people know so um but i'm i am so passionate and and for me it's not about selling skincare it's about making a difference in the world knowing people can feel more confident in their skin make um put safe we should know what we're putting on our skin mm. we should know that it's safe and and you know Susie Ma has never put anything on her skin that she wouldn't eat and it's it's about having that he- healthy ingredients in a, an affordable way it can be done and yeah we're and changing the world so that's kind of her her vision so she set yes. up this company how many years ago now um so in the social selling format mm. it's um we're a skincare company that that promotes through social media so it's about empowering britain which is why lord yes. alan sugar's on board that's his kind of um uh, you know what he wants to encourage mm. um and our infinite purpose is to help create a healthier greener cleaner world Fantastic. And I do like the idea, well, A, that you're so passionate about what you do. And I think that's got parallels with kind of any aspect of leadership, if you like, and any aspect of being confident and energised about about what you do. If you genuinely believe in it, then that's going to exude that confidence naturally. But also, I like the sense that you're looking at the impact of these products beyond simply the fact that these should be healthier they're ethical they hopefully make make the skin look great actually well what impact does that have on people's lives Mm. you know what's the end result ultimately what's the outcome yeah and perhaps just a small difference to someone who is suffering from a skin condition can be really huge massive absolutely empowering absolutely yeah it's it's really exciting and and you know you can see my eyes yeah yeah unfortunately the, the listeners can't see this but my eyes light up when the number of people that we've made a difference to is so powerful. Mm. You know, it, it's correlation to Toastmasters. The number of people we see that develop their confidence and, and, it's, and you know, with the Tropic as well, it's, it's powerful. Yes, completely. And I think it also plays into the whole health and wellbeing agenda that actually in order to succeed and be positive and feel energized in all aspects of your life and work it is important to be physically and mentally healthy and we need to absolutely spend time you know yeah. making that so and and what you put on your skin as i said and can end up in your bloodstream and so yeah absolutely it's outside in inside out it's what you're eating it's it's exercise but but yeah it's what you put on your skin as well Fantastic. Well, obviously, we will put the links on the Twitter feed. It's a shame that we can't sort of have a product demo on the radio, but I'm not sure that it would really come across. We might enjoy it. I'm sure I'd love to be pampered right now, but um, I'm not sure it would make the best program, really. So we we might have to move on. But that's really, really fascinating. And I... I'm interested in the kind of model of this social selling and kind of social... Is it really making use of social media as a platform? No, actually... Well, it can do. But actually, social selling is... is when we see an interesting film or um, we... You know, we go and tell our friends about it. Mm. But the cinema isn't paying us to do that. Sure. This is a way that we just tell our friends about it and people we come into contact with, but get paid for it too. Yes. And the fact that it is so ethical, it, it's just, it's beautiful really. Um, and so, yeah, the social selling is about just word of mouth. So it could be using social media. Sure. Or it could be having a pamper in someone's home or mm. it could be doing an event or a fair or just, just word of mouth. It, it's your business, so it's however you want to promote it. Yes, understood. And actually the fact that... We are very good as humans 
at sharing good news stories and taking people's recommendation, yes, aren't we? Yes, absolutely. About, and actually, if your friend walks in the room and they have lovely skin, yeah. you're like, oh, you look great. And, and we, we trust our friends. You yes. can't necessarily trust TripAdvisor nowadays. But, sure, sure. But certainly we trust our friends and their experience. And, you know, if we have a nice time, we want our friends to have a nice time yes. too. Yeah, really interesting model. Great. Well, I'll hopefully hear more about that off air, but we should probably move on. I'd like to do a little bit of an improvised management model. I always try and get a little bit of improv on this programme. Obviously, often Sarah Davis is here. Unfortunately, she's gone and got herself a job on a Wednesday. What's going on? So um, she had to um, sort of move her working hours. And so she is now otherwise engaged on a Wednesday, which is a little bit of a shame, which is when we record the programme. But I'm hoping that in future we will record some Twimprov slots to pop into the show they will be genuinely improvised but they will have to be pre-recorded so that's the commitment I'll make to you but um, in the meantime I would like to do one of my (laughs) infamous (laughs) improvised management models which I'm going to make up on the spot here in the studio I will tweet a little bit later on what it looks like but obviously I'll have to audio describe it for the purposes of the radio and podcast so given we've got the theme of confident communication today I'd like to put a model together which is somehow linked to that theme but I'm going to ask my guest Susie just for a bit of inspiration so and and this is absolutely unplanned in terms of what she's going to say I don't know what she's going to say I hope it's nothing too scary but um, (laughs) Susie what's your inspiration for me? Well it's a bit of an interesting one here. I've got oh, a bit yeah. left field for you. <laughs> um, so I've actually been inspired by a tropical ingredient in our facelift brightening tightening mask, Ooh. which you may well have not heard of. No, but I feel like I need one. <laughs> so the words, but thing is electric daisy. Electric daisy. How mm-hmm. exciting. <laughs> okay, so let's have a think about what electric daisy could mean as a management model so what i'm going to draw here i'm not sure how well this comes across in an audio context is i'm going to draw a daisy obviously named julie flower i'm quite used to drawing oh yes flowers there you go you see and i'm going to make it um actually solar powered so the energy is coming from the sun because that's quite sort of ethical and exciting so this renewable energy coming from there and this daisy has grown really really large and is looking just great so hopefully it's a very sort of blossoming and confident kind of of daisy so um I think we're going to say something around kind of as a a confident uh, communicator, you need to think about genuinely where you get your energy from. So in the model's case, it's the sun, but actually as as an individual, where do you get your energy? What what energises you? And I think it's a really good exercise sometimes to just map some of that out. When do I feel most energetic? When do I feel most motivated? So that's quite exciting. I'm wondering whether there's something about kind of also then what what nourishes you so thinking about the ground what kind of soil this daisy might be in so what's your kind of soil analogy what's your nourishment thinking back to the health and well-being thing what do you need to really take care of in order to be fully nourished kind of on a in a bodily way and also um, mentally or spiritually and then I'm thinking about the the petals I suppose around maybe the different aspects of how you communicate and, and communicate with confidence so maybe they're about I don't know your your values 
and how they they come across obviously Susie's talked a lot today about how the things that she does particularly with Tropic resonate with with her values resonate with with your values and um, so so that's exciting your values your behaviors your authenticity which maybe links in with with behaviors sorry it's hard to spell and talk at the same time and maybe something around how you make people feel i was quite taken by some of the stories that you told at the beginning of the program around situations where you had felt less confident and how that had manifested itself and how that made you feel and i think kind of being aware of our own emotions is is really important so how we make others feel and also being aware of that ourselves and then also maybe kind of our vision sort of where we're heading because I think as a confident communicator, it's good to be able to paint a picture for people of where you might want to be or where you'd like to, to take them, if you like. So let's have a look what we've got here. Is there anything that's kind of missing? We've got where you get your energy from, how you get your, your overall nourishment to just kind of keep you going, almost the, the hygiene factors, if you were doing Maslow's hierarchy of need, bringing in more academia here, I don't think we need to. <laughs> um, but then thinking about the aspects of your your um, being a confident communicator, and actually it doesn't necessarily, of course, things like body language, tone of voice are important, but actually I think fundamentally something that's running through this, as we said, are sort of your, your fundamental values, therefore how you behave, how you come across as an authentic leader, what emotions you bring to bear and how you make others feel and ultimately what your vision is. And if you you kind of explore those things and know those things, then I think almost uh, the bit about doing the presentation or actually having a conversation with someone kind of comes, just comes naturally, I think. Right, done it. Wow. I'll, I'll tweet a photo later. I'm not sure it's very, very well drawn. I'm, I'm impressed with that, I have to say. Yeah, and the, the electric comes in with the energy, doesn't it? And the yeah, sun, exactly. So I really like that. So that's where the, um, I thought rather than us using a battery, which might not be very eco, the, the, we'll get our energy from the sun instead. Right. <laughs> so thank you for the um, electric daisy suggestion. That was lovely. Um, really great. I'm sure that'll be published in many management textbooks before we know. <laughs> the electric daisy. Great. I'm going to write it on there. <laughs> so I will tweet that shortly. Yeah, we can only use renewable energy here. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Absolutely. Oh, wonderful. Thank you for that, Susie. You're welcome. Well done. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Right, that's my brain used for the afternoon. <laughs> Something we like to do on Funny Ideas, as well as get top, lots of top tips, which we've definitely had from you this afternoon, Susie. That's been, been great. I think there's lots of things that people can take and use in their own life or work or own business very easily from what you've said. Also, it's quite nice to think about some of the literature and see whether there are any books which have had a particular impact on you. Are there any that you'd like to kind of highlight? Well, there's one that's quite appropriate to what we're talking about today, mm. and that's Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan oh, Jeffers. great. So, yeah, great book. Uh, I used to uh, talk to that on my uh, my training for yeah. a long time unemployed, so, I, yeah, I really like that book. Um, also, one that's uh, quite an old book now, but it still stood the test of time, and that's How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And they do say, I think, that all personal development books stem from four 
books and I think that's one of them um, so yeah that's a, that's a good one and the other one I'm cheating a little bit because it's not a book okay no problem but it's definitely I recommend the, these they're very inspirational they're short bite-sized chunks and they're TED Talks yes De- definitely um is it, are there any... Oh, I was going to say definitely. I mean, of course, they're, they're incredible. <laughs> uh, my concern, a bit like with the whole sweet shop analogy, oh, how do you choose? Yeah. Well, I think if there's something in particular that you are curious about, just put that word in and search for it. Mm. So, I mean, one of my favourites, which I know is, is quite a common one to people, but it's one that really spoke to me, is Brenny Brown's Vulnerability. Yes, and that is one that I've listened to. Yes. Uh, but they're 20 minutes. So, you know, if you just tackle one a day... Mm. You can actually, you know, you'll never get through all of them. Um, but it's interesting, actually, uh, bringing up TED Talks because I've actually coached on two lots of TEDx talks as well. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah, in, in Croydon at the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was amazing. And these, these are young people, mm. um, young students, um, aged from about 16 to 20. And they just gave phenomenal talks. And again, it was watching their journey from coming in and, oh, my goodness, yes. and having to present their ideas and then and then do it on the day. And, it, yeah, really inspirational. How wonderful that they, as you say, went on that journey and were able to do that and put their ideas across. At such a young age. At such a young age. Mm. I mean, I know certainly when I've watched TED Talks or, you know, occasionally seen the lists of people doing them, say the TEDx locally, I just think, gosh, you know, there's lots of ideas floating around in my head. But again, self-limiting beliefs come in. Mm. Oh, but yeah, that's not for people like me or that's for someone who's got a PhD or whatever. Um, And I think there's something around understanding how you can really share an idea in a way that engages people because we've all probably got something interesting to Absolutely. say and worthwhile but to like say. you say it comes into that self-belief but tapping into a mentor tapping into mm. you know the, the Folkestone one tap into they, they do that every year just just go along and find out and explore and, and just rather than saying I haven't got anything to share just say well what could I share yes yeah, reframe the question. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and actually accept the fact that the kinds of people who go along and listen to these things are naturally curious people. Mm. You know, we're interested in ideas, aren't we? And actually it's exciting to hear a variety of voices and a variety of different perspectives. If we just wanted the academic point of view, then we'd probably just go along to university and listen to some lectures. Yes. So I think that's why it's it's really exciting. So so great. So that's a shout out as well for TEDx. So the most local one is Folkestone, did you yes. say? Um, yeah. Although I know Canterbury have done them before as well. Great. Uh, but anyone can actually set up a TEDx event. So it's a local community event. Wow. Obviously there's a certain way you need to do it and things, yeah. but yeah, there's, there's certainly, um, if they want to know more then uh, I can point them in the right direction oh fantastic that's that's great and again not wanting to put you on the spot but if somebody were preparing for a TEDx don't worry if you not if you I think you're gonna ask me what my topic what's your topic gonna be no don't worry unless you want to share that with me but um if you were preparing someone if they had five minutes to go on and they were thinking about their their TEDx talk and for some reason they were just having a bit of a, a confidence lack of a confidence crisis what's the best advice you could give them okay so yeah, interesting. I think one of the most important things is to focus on your breathing. So breathe in deeply, because that really helps your um, to relax, to ground yourself in your body, and then you breathe out and you just let go of the tension and your your limiting beliefs. So you say as you breathe out, I can do this. Mm. So you're breathing in, 
breathing out and do that a few times you pause before you start speaking because that again grounds you it helps to grab attention creates interest and curiosity and, and smile and have mm-hmm. that eye contact and then just go out there and wow them yes actually just ground yourself and again techniques from drama um techniques that are well known in public speaking but sometimes they're the first things that go when we feel nervous absolutely when the heart rate's there the adrenaline's pumping we're just and we don't like silence no i think that's i mean obviously on the radio (laughs) it does sound weird but actually but the power of the pause is amazing and it helps to when you make a point to pause Mm. Because then people have got time to take in what you've said and it just helps you to slow down, helps you to collect your thoughts and ideas as well. So, yeah, power of the pause. Definitely. (laughs) So, and I think that's really important as well. Certainly I do a lot of one-to-one coaching and the power of the silence is really important there because it does give people time to take things on board and time to think. Yes. You know, we're used to things being at such a pace, I think, at the moment and constant distractions that actually having a bit of quality thinking time can be a bit off-putting to people at first because they're not used to silence yes yeah but actually it's really important so that's it's, that's it's often not what you don't say as opposed to what you say yes yeah. completely and you mentioned there about smiling yes and obviously one of the things i like to explore on this program is just kind of how people use the concept of humor however that manifests itself i don't mean that we're all there doing stand-up comedy unless we really want to but how do you find the funny in what you do susie So this is a really interesting one. Um, I've actually struggled with this in my past. I've always brought up to be very serious and very intense and and really struggle. But I think there's humour in everything. And and I think you can get your your message across in a a, a way, you know, you smile. That helps. That helps the message come across in a a more of a funny way. Um, but, But being authentic and just... Laughing, whatever happens, rather than getting serious about it, just say, oh, there we go again, and just smile and just go with it. Because life, life's full of ups and downs, mm-hmm. and you just need to smile and go with it and just, yeah, not take it so seriously. Sure. Yeah, uh, great. No, great advice. It's about being human, and actually, usually, your audience will be humans. Yes. So you have, we all have that in common. No, that's lovely. That's fantastic. I can't believe that 57 minutes has just whizzed by. It's crazy, (laughs) isn't it? So we're going to have to wrap up. So I I want to thank you, Susie. You've been a great guest. It's been fascinating. We've covered huge amounts of ground from new businesses, ethical skincare, Toastmasters International, mentoring and empowering people, and obviously this wide theme of of confident communication. So hopefully there's been something of interest there for for lots of different people. Thank you very much for, for coming along. Just remind us of your Twitter handle? Sure. My tropic my um my Twitter handle is Tropic Susie Fish and empoweringnaturalbeauty.com. Lovely. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. This is Funny Ideas, podcast and radio show. I'm Julie Flower and I look forward to seeing you next time. <laughs>